Hello, this is Steve Shirley with RNS Northeast, and this is the Clean Life. Welcome into the clean life, Dave and Molly. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another great episode. Hey, what's going on? Oh, I'm just so excited for the weekend. Ah, yes. So excited. I know you guys are hearing this on a Wednesday, but currently it's a Friday here, and we are ready. Kind of digging it. Kind of digging it. So, did you ever see the movie, uh, Dave, with um, Kevin? No, it wasn't Kevin. The guy that's married to Phoebe Cates. Kevin... Uh, I couldn't tell you, <laughs> but oh, I don't it's think a movie. I've ever seen well, okay, so Dave was a movie about a, a guy who's the, the president of the United States is uh-huh. kind of a player, so he hires these lookalikes so he can be at two different places at one time. Well, the the real president has a heart attack or a stroke, and because the chief of staff is so power hungry, he decides that he wants they want this one lookalike who's just actually this in the image of the president because it's played by the same guy of course but anyway so they want this guy to step in and be the president so they kind of talk him into it he's in a budget meeting which he's not supposed to be in but but the chief of staff told him you can cut 650 million dollars out of the budget you can get your homeless shelters he couldn't understand why he couldn't just appropriate the money so anyway He's sitting in this budget meeting, and he's talking to somebody across the desk, and they're trying to cut stuff out of the budget. So he says, and what is this $20 million for uh, consumer confidence? And the Department of the Interior guy says, well, we've done a $20 million ad campaign to make people feel good about their American automotive purchase. And, and Dave says, so you're telling me we're going to spend $20 million to make somebody feel good about a car they've already bought. And the guy looks at him like, yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, does it? That's consumer confidence, that people making you think that what you did was a good idea. That's one of them. The other one is if you're sitting in a restaurant waiting on a table, and a little guy or girl comes by with that squirt bottle that never has a label on it and that stuff in the bottle, and they just squirt it all <laughs> over everything, and then they wipe it down real good, and they, that could be sugar water for all you know. Well, it's just like at the, you know, Japanese restaurants when the chef is doing everything, and I never know if the vodka bottle is vodka or water. Oh, yeah, it could I'd be. I've always wondered what it actually is, and nobody knows. No, but, but on a lot of things that they do is to make you feel good about being there. So, like, when they squirt the stuff on the table, they don't let it dwell. I'm not sure what they're killing with it because there's not <laughs> anything out there that doesn't have to dwell for a little bit, but they're like, wipe, 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 and then they're off. You sit down. Or I love the wet rag one <laughs> at Waffle House where they come out oh, with a wet rag gosh. and they wipe that thing down. Oh, they're all ready and to go. And they just put it back in this bucket in the back. And, oh, if you have ever seen that water, it is terrible. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Waffle House. 
level. Oh, I mean, I would never stop going there. No. They could wipe the counter dirty with a dirty rag, rag I'm in. Yep, dirty care. rag and no. all. So if you haven't figured it out yet, we are talking about consumer confidence. And Dave kind of brought this topic to the clean life um, last week. And so we've kind of been prepping. And, you know, honestly, I did not know what it was at first. He was like, hey, let's do consumer confidence. And I was like, oh, gosh, what is that? Let me get online and look. And then I realized... I do it all the time. I mean, that's marketing is consumer confidence. Like it, you it want is. people to believe in your product. But, and, and then that's the trick. And we're going to have Julie Perkins on with us from Advanced Media New York to discuss the advertising part of marketing. You know, but that's the constant struggle that we have is making sure that what we're saying accurately reflects what we're trying to say. Exactly. <laughs> and what is the truth and do it in a way that everybody understands what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you don't ever know who you can believe, who you can't believe, this, that, and other. And I will never forget one of my favorite classes that I actually read the entire book in, <laughs> in college. You was read in college? I, you know, just in this class. Okay. Thank you, All Dr. Right, Root right. from Washtenaw Baptist University. Let me just plug that in there. Um, Two alums, go Tigers. <laughs> that's right. Anyways, so I, it was Ethics of Communication. And that book was just fantastic. I actually think I have it in my office. But it just said, you know, you don't have to sell your soul to sell your product. I mean, you don't. You can display it how you want. And if people want it, they're going to buy it if they believe you. But you have to build that relationship with your customers at the same time. But think about how many things are done that aren't really accomplishing anything that make you feel better. Give you an idea. The NFL, they've, you know, they're socially distanced, they're all this stuff. But what they've said is, is at the end of the game, they're not going to allow anybody to shake hands. Now, these guys are going to have been rolling all each other in mud, spit, <laughs> blood, air, grass for three and a half hours, but we're not going to let them swap jerseys and we're not going to let them shake hands at the end of the game. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Well, it's consumer confidence because of that would – that would look like something that they're doing to spread the infection. Right. So we can't do that. The visual. It's all about the visual. That's very true. I hate the visual. Well, it's, I'm not that guy. It is just like, have you ever gone into a bakery and looked at a bakery case? Oh, yeah. And how beautiful they are. Oh, yeah. And then they get your stuff out of the back. Yes. And you know why that is? It's because a lot of times they take styrofoam and ice it and make it look so pretty so that it lasts longer. That's true. But in in in, in defense of Krispy Kreme, <laughs> they're coming off the conveyor, and I would much prefer them to go to the conveyor. When the little hot light's on. That's true. That's, that's me. true. That's me. <laughs> that's your calling sign. Oh, calls I, you I will cross three lanes of traffic to get into a Krispy Kreme donut if the hot light's on. Oh, my gosh. We just went off the rail, didn't we? But, <laughs> we but, did, but you but, know okay, what? Okay, you know what? When that red light's on, what do you know? Okay. The donuts are hot and ready, right? You know what else is and consumer, I'm consumer confident? I'm confident as a consumer <laughs> that if I go in there and get for a donut that's fresh, that that light's on, it's going to be hot and fresh. I could eat the whole dozen. <laughs> Coming off of a big meal, I could eat the whole dozen. Oh, my gosh. So another thing that I realized is consumer confidence is the other day, my husband was talking about something and let's be honest, I don't always listen to him. I love him. I do. But the man, he, he doesn't listen to the no, show. So I it's know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he does. Hey, Jordan. Hey, um, Jordan. <laughs> so he was just talking and you know, he knows a lot of information about a lot of stuff that I just really don't care about. 
And so he was just talking, talking, talking. And, you know, I give the occasional, yeah, yeah. And he said something, like a fact or something. I was like, oh, yeah. And he was like, you don't even know. He said, you don't know if that's true or not. I said, well, I guess you got me on consumer confidence. I said, I I trust you. So so that should just be me trusting you, you know, that I'm just agreeing with you blindly. And In my house, we call that we got you on a technicality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess you got me on that one, you know. So we're going to take our quick break here, and when we come back, we'll have Julie Perkins, Advanced Media Relations, to talk to us about the flip side of this. And <laughs> It's a really interesting conversation I'm looking forward to. You're listening to The Clean Life. We'll be right back. getting sick to stay safe the cdc recommends you do five things one wash your hands two keep your hands away from your face three cough or sneeze into your elbow four keep your distance five if you're not feeling well stay in when you can't get to soap and water use an alcohol-free hand sanitizer like waltz free it's a lotion that's also a powerful hand sanitizer that works in just 15 seconds lasts four times longer and won't damage or dry out your hands even if you use it many times a day Welcome back to The Clean Life. Dave and Molly here Hello, coming at you. Hey, store.avcare.com. You want to make sure you get out there and get you some waltz free. We're talking about consumer confidence today, which is, covers a lot of bases, a lot of different points of view. Um, and we're going to have a special guest on today, Julie Perkins. She is the digital director of digital strategy at Advanced Media New York and was responsible for that waltz free ad that you just heard run as we were coming out of the break, Julie, how you doing? Good. How are you, Dave? Uh, we're doing well. It's it's Friday somewhere. If you're listening <laughs> to this today, it's probably not Friday, but it was today when we did it. Thank goodness. <laughs> we're, we're all working for the weekend. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so we're talking about consumer confidence. And what we talked about earlier was, you know, if you're sitting in a restaurant and you see the bus staff come and bus a table and they've got this bottle of stuff and they come out and they squirt it and they wipe it and they sit a table down there and you know coming from the background that we have we know that that's really not doing anything and they're doing that for consumer mm-hmm. confidence so that's one side of the consumer confidence the other side of it is is more along the lines of what you do which is 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 actually build a truthful consumer confidence and 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 it's kind of a double-edged sword i mean you want to be you want to be accurate but you want to hit the highlights sell the product but i would think it's a double-edged sword trying to be i know that you and i when we worked on that waltz free ad we made we were we spent you know we went to the lawyers a couple of times to make sure that we were saying everything exactly right that you couldn't misinterpret it so uh, tell us a little bit about what what that process is 
Yeah. So I think, you know, what we try to do, you know, from a marketing side of this is to, you know, work with you, work with the science and, you know, work with the, the, the lawyers to make sure that it's, it's written correctly. It's the messaging is right. But also that we want to make sure that it resonates with, you know, the average consumer, like you're saying, you know, people who are eating in a restaurant or they're going to any sort of local business and seeing, you know, a lot of the products being used. We want to make sure that they understand how it relates to their life and, you know, why they would be interested in buying a product that's safer. You know, things like that are going to connect to them with their family, their children, their pets, you know, their own health and well-being. Um, you know, making sure that the messaging is clear to them and really reflects to them emotionally in the, the realm of where, you know, where they're living and how that affects them, but also um, this accurate um, with the science. And I think that's the part that we really try to get through with a lot of the videos and the ads that we promote is something that connects emotionally, tries to relate to them and tells the, their own story. And so... And one of the things that, that Molly and I were talking about earlier this morning in, in messaging is, you know, you read a message and, you know, she and I look at the message and it makes perfect sense to us. But I just it just occurred to me that, you know, okay, so maybe everybody doesn't understand it like we understand it. So the spectrum there for, let's say, the interpretive scope, the range of interpretation for – the same message is is a lot broader today than it used to be. Do you have to take that in consideration? I mean, I could tell Molly something. She could go down the hall and tell Kim. Kim could tell Alina. Alina tells Chris. Chris tells Cliff. And by the time that story gets back to me, it could be completely different. Is is right? Is that something you have to mitigate? No, absolutely, Dave. I think that um, you know that kind of phone call tag game that you know the the, the message you know given from three or four sources. <laughs> through is, is not at all the same of where, where it came from. So yeah, I think absolutely, especially in the realm of, you know, social, me social media, you know, and things like that, that people are, are taking, um, you know, some interpretation of the message and then sharing it and putting their own tone or their own, their own take on it. Um, I, that is something that I think we do try to look at um, when we, when we make the message. So it's, it's very concise, it's clear, it's simple, um, things like that, that the, the average, um, you know, person can, can try to not interpret as you know incorrectly as possible. It's it's pretty clear within how we're how we're messaging this, um, but accurate in the sense of you know abiding by the science. Um, so yeah, no, I do think that that we do try to take that into consideration. You know, with with all of the messaging that goes out. Um, you know, and even addressing things when there's conversation. You know, through social media, if there's comments, um, you know, being able to reply back. To, to people who are buying the products and um, any questions they have or just misunderstandings, uh, that helps when we can try to answer their questions directly uh, to try to address any, any of that confusion. And, and I think confusion is something everyone sort of is feeling, you know, amidst the, amidst the pandemic. So, that, And is it just me or are people like 10 times more sensitive these days about anything? Like every, I swear there are people on Facebook that, you know, can just get offended by anything. Well, yeah. Well, tell tell everybody about the hoops we had to jump through just to get some of our ads approved by Facebook. I mean, how did, yeah. they, how did they even get that much control? <laughs> so I think that there's. You don't have to give away any trade secrets. <laughs> oh, we're going to take a break. Right? No, I'm kidding. 
there's, you know, Facebook has different ad, ad approvals um, and, and they have different ad regulations. And, you know, during the, sort of an ever evolving thing, you know, and so uh, you, we have to sort of abide by some of the language that they're allowing, you know, within within their ad copy through Facebook. And uh, I know that they did. They have adjusted some of the rules within like face masks, being able to advertise them or not on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, no, we do have to sort of apply some of the. Uh, some of the rules to get the ads through their platform. You think that's correct? That's healthy. And I'm, I'm going to give you for instance because, and I understand why they're taking the stand on the PPE, which is personal protection equipment, in case anybody's wondering. But, but those so are the face masks, for instance. Uh, not everybody that sells a face mask has all the documentation that is actually required to be able to, you have to be able to document whatever it is you're saying about your product. Well, not everybody has that, but, but so what they've decided to do is just not let anybody do it. Is that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's maybe a little bit of both, Dave. I mean, I think that, you know, you want to make sure that you're allowing, you know, people who are really selling the real thing to be able to fit the needs of people that are, that are really in need. But then you also want to make sure that you're trying to help control any of the price gouging that's happening or any of the people that are, Fraudulent. So I think that there is some regulations probably necessary, but um, yeah, so, you know, the good thing about marketing in general or just digital marketing is there's a lot of options. And if there's, you know, a, a platform or two that, you know, we, we uh, can't, can't use for different reasons, we can, we can jump to other, other media platforms and marketing platforms that, um, that do allow us to sort of, you know, share the messaging. Well, and to Molly's point about, people being a little overly sensitive. We have a product that is non-toxic, non-alcoholic, non-corrosive, non-harmful, environmentally safe. And one of the e-commerce platforms, I'm not going to say which Amazon <laughs> put us in the hazardous chemical category. I mean, I, and, and, and I honestly don't think that anybody at Amazon looked at our product and said, Oh, this is really bad. We need to stick it in. It's just, it was just like a sweeping thing. Said oh, we're just, Okay, all that stuff's going over here. We'll see how much, how many hoops are willing to jump through to sell sell it on here. And I wasn't willing to jump through any, so we don't sell this product mm -hmm. on Amazon anymore. But and and for what? I I I don't understand it. But I'm looking at a an article. Uh, one of my sales team members sent me this morning it says amid coronavirus, more than one third of U.S. adults are using cleaning products incorrectly in a CDC study. I get the, get this. Some of the things these people are doing. Let's see: drinking or gargling diluted bleach solutions, soapy water, and other cleaning disinfectant solution was one of the dangerous practices the authors of the survey found. Uh, they also uh -huh. found that 19% of respondents applied bleach bleach to food items such as fruits and vegetables, <laughs> with 18% used household cleaning and disinfectant products on their hands or their skin. Mm -hmm. One quarter of approximately 502 U.S. adults who participated in the national survey, which was commissioned by the CDC, experienced adverse reactions, imagine that, to cleaning products or disinfectants. Now, my favorite is one down here, and you and I have had conversations about there. It says that, furthermore, exposures of children to hand sanitizers, particularly via ingestion, can be associated with irritation of mucous membranes, gastrointestinal effects, and in severe cases, Alcohol toxicity. And we, yeah. we had to do a CDC study. I mean, it's just like people wearing their masks in their car when they're by themselves. 
by themselves. It drives me crazy. So I think there's a lot of education, you know, that needs to happen. And, and people, people aren't used to using cleaning supplies at this level as frequently and consistently as they are. I mean, everyone is used to cleaning that, you know, using cleaning supplies in, in, in their homes and their businesses normally, but not nearly at this level. And I think that there's a lot of education that needs to happen. I mean, Dave, even when we started working together, I, you know, it was, you know, my team, we were, we were floored at some of the things that you were, you know, talking about just sort of before COVID even hit about how you had to keep, keep the product on the surface for a certain amount of time before it actually kills some of the viruses or the bacteria. And, you know, you sort of were able to school us on a lot of these things early on. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the the public at large, you know, needs the same type of education on on how to apply cleaning products correctly and which ones are safe and which ones aren't. Um, And I think that some, some of the ways we can do that, at least, you know, helping helping with the Walt Free and the Walt C products is, you know, just creating, you know, informative videos, informative, you know, infographics or material that does sort of seek to educate, you know, in a simple way that, you know, the every, every, everyday person can understand. Well, and I think for me too, I see so many different ads. I see so many different products. I see so much going on and so many people saying so many different things that it kind of comes down to who are you going to believe and why are you going to believe them? And I mean, that's what, Mm -hmm. to me, you know, consumer confidence is all about. It's just like, what brand am I going to believe? Who am I going to believe what they're saying? I think we would like, right? we would all like to think if we went to the World Health Organization or the Center for Disease Control or the FDA or the USDA or whoever, that we were getting all the facts. And quite frankly, we don't. Well, We get what, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to get political, but I'm just going to say even those organizations are not giving you the whole story. You know, how many times did we hear that the CDC says that if your hand sanitizer doesn't have 70% alcohol in it, it will not kill coronavirus. And I dare anybody to show me where the CDC said that. Well, you, you cannot show me where it says that. Exactly. Because they didn't say it, but that's, it goes back to my interpretation and that's that's the hardest thing you know when you're really trying to educate people and i think that you know advance has done a really good job for us helping educate people but educate them in the way where they really don't understand they're getting educated which is maybe kind of the point we're talking to julie perkins advanced media new york director of avcare's digital strategy and we certainly appreciate the relationship we got with her what do you think the situation that we're all in, I'll give you an example. The NFL right now is having an issue, you know, because they're cleaning so much with the bleach and all this. It's fading out their exam tables in the training room. They never counted on that. They never used that, you know, and as you and I both know, there are products out there. And we, we're trying to get a meeting with them to see if we can't further that cause along but here again it's not like anybody shouldn't have already known that if they kept spraying those things with bleach four or five times a day it wasn't going to fade them is you find sometimes it's what are those lead a horse to water things (laughs) and then your job is just to hold their head under long enough till they start drinking yeah (laughs) i got her on that one No, no, your analogies always make me laugh. Dave. I, I think I, 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 
absolutely. You know, I think that there's a lot of common sense, you know, with some of these bleach and harsh chemical products that you, you would think that just the consistent repeated use, you know, you, you would see some of those things. And I think that the further we are into the, you know, the pandemic and the, the more the businesses are reopening and things like that, that the, the use of a lot of these, you know, chemical products are, people are starting to really realize that right now. And I think that there is the time that's right for, you know, re really good, strong messaging that can sort of show the difference between some of the safety of some of these cleaning products. Um, and now that people are really starting to use them in a way where they're seeing the impact. Um, so I think that we have, um, you know, especially Abtress products is a strong story to tell here. So thank you so much for coming on with us. We're going to take a break and let you go, but uh, tell us uh, where can people find you is Vance has a website. I'm sure I've never been there, but I, I know all of you. I don't have to go to the website. I know Eric. See, if I didn't know Eric, I would have to know what the website was. But since I know Eric, even though he's disappeared, yeah. what's, what's the website if I want to get in touch with advanced media? Yeah, so the website is just www.amny.com. Um, and yeah, you can, you can reach us there. And so we work uh, the variety of businesses, you know, helping to manage their digital marketing. That's great. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to take a quick break. Thanks, Julie. We will be right back with The Clean Life. All right, thank you. business free from infection is serious business. Are you making sure your employees and customers are safe with solutions that are truly safe for them to use? If you're asking employees to use disinfectant all day, every day, make sure it's the right choice. If you want your customers to be safe, use the best products. Waltz D is an EPA-registered hard surface disinfectant that is FDA-approved for food contact surfaces. It's a new era of clean, built for the new normal. An environmentally friendly disinfectant that is safe, effective, and sustainable. It's almost time for the Avcare Charities Golf Tournament. September 17th, 1 o'clock shotgun start at the Hermitage Golf Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Go to whynotgolf.com forward slash Avcare to sign up. Sponsorships are available, lunch sponsors, whole sponsors. Mulligan packages, uh, or you could just make a donation. Avcare Charities raises money for the soldiers and their families out at Fort Campbell every year. Uh, so come and check us out. If you're a good golfer, even if you're not good, come out. You can be on my team. Whynotgolf.com forward slash Avcare. It's held September 17th at 1 p.m. We'll see you there. Hey, this is Carolyn Hoffman. Be sure to subscribe to The Clean Life. There are new episodes available every Wednesday. And we're back. Thanks again, Julie, for that interview. She is awesome. Go check out Advanced Media. So, Dave, you know, when I was looking into consumer confidence, I realized that I had watched something that was literally the biggest example I've ever found in my entire life. 
And it was? Fire Festival. I don't know how many of you out there have watched the documentary. I think it's on Hulu, maybe on Amazon Prime, maybe on Netflix, but I know it's on Hulu. I haven't seen it. Oh, gosh, you're going to have to go watch it. it. Okay, I'm going to You haven't even heard of it? Shh, don't tell everybody. (laughs) Fire Festival, F-Y-R-E, yeah. Okay. Okay, so Fire Festival was this huge, it was supposed to be this huge concert and party and it was going to be all these luxurious tents and all this luxurious food and they had they paid oh. celebrities quit now now you're just cheating he's looking it <laughs> now up i on know his, what it is yeah, he's looking it up on his ipad well, the first cheating. sentence it says fraudulent luxury music festival <laughs> exactly founded by billy mcfarland yes so what it was was it was supposed to be this huge concert all these luxurious things were promised they even paid celebrities to post on social media they paid i think it was kylie jenner or Kendall Jenner, one of the Jenners, like a quarter, yeah, yeah, a quarter of a million dollars to post one post on her Instagram so that people would see it. So uh, over 5,000 people bought tickets and these tickets weren't cheap either. They were at least like hundreds to thousands of dollars. They get down there and it's FEMA tents. FEMA tents are what they're staying in. And then they're getting served bread and lettuce and that's it. That's it. No music. No music. Nobody came. They couldn't even hardly set up the stage. It was this whole huge scandal. It's it's incredible. You need to go watch it. But they like made it look like it was going to be this incredible thing. You and know, then people couldn't get off the island fast enough. Yeah. Well, you know, the same thing kind of happened in Nashville. What? Uh, have you ever heard of Bonnaroo? Well, yeah, I've heard of Bonnaroo. Okay. Well, the very first year they tried to do that, it was called Ichiku Park. I'm sorry, what? Ichiku Park. Google try saying, that. Try saying that three times. That, that, that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, Ichiku Park. I don't know where they got the name. And the only reason I knew about it, because at the time I was managing that company that rented musical instruments to the industry. So, when they started, and this particular guy that worked for another company that did the same thing that was kind of on the staff for this festival was a former employee that I wasn't allowed to do business with when I took, I took over for him and I wasn't allowed to do business with him or the company he worked for at that time. So he kept calling us trying to get instruments and I never would give him anything for this Ichiku Park. Well, it was, I don't think it was intended to be a fraud, but they didn't sell enough tickets to put deposits down on enough of the artists. So none of the artists came. They ended up losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in investment because nobody came nobody they had the concert but only like half the artists came and i don't think maybe one or two of them got paid and the rest of them just got the shaft but it was kind of the same deal although this one was just a failed attempt at a music festival well where they held that thing somebody took it over the next year turned it into bonnaroo and and from, you know, they've been having it every year, so except, I guess for this summer, you know, yeah. it used How to run. How many years has Bonnaroo been on? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I think we were still doing fanfare at maybe the fairgrounds the first year. So they've been at, uh, and fanfare is what they call country music festival now, which they didn't have this year either. But they used to run, like we'd have, country music fest would be the first week of June. Right. And then Bonnaroo would be the second week of June. And then they decided, well, maybe we just ought to do them at the same time, which just stretched <laughs> the city. I got out of that business before they actually tried to run them in the same week. But one time, I went out to Bonnaroo as a as a as a stage tag, 
actually got to meet Adele before anybody knew who Adele was, except for maybe the 30, 40 people that came to see her that year. This is how long ago that was. (laughs) But yeah, but I mean, that was was my, but you couldn't get in and out of there because it was like a little mini Woodstock. There's one way in and one way out. And once you got in there, you just wells to stay because of the traffic. So they had us down there in FEMA trailers. And I mean, they, they brought in these showers and like, there was like, big mobile homes with shower stalls in it and they fed us out there and they composted it was crazy i'd never do it again they paid me a thousand dollars to sit out there for four days and sleep in a construction trailer on a cot but i was no dummy all these other dudes are out there sleeping on the floor i brought a cot and a fan (laughs) and a radio and an alarm clock i mean i had everything i yeah they were all sleeping on the floor they all laughing at me when i came in with all that crap and i was like well watch uh-huh. You know, and then by the end of the week, they're trying to buy my cot. Hey, you know? I think I would sleep on a trailer on a cot for a thousand dollars for four days. Uh, it was it. hot, man. It was, it was well, you had a fan, uh, yeah, but not <laughs> not on stage. There was oh, no fan. I mean, this okay. was but out you got in the, to listen to some it was awesome out music. in the middle. I didn't like that music very much. Oh, my goodness, don't really like it. And, and Dell wasn't doing then what she's doing now, okay? So, even okay. the stuff that she okay. was doing, although she has a beautiful voice. She does. The stuff that she was doing at that time. I mean, she she was really, I mean, this was like in the beginning for her. So she was probably 40, 50 pounds heavier than she was even when anybody started hearing her from her. And she was dressed in this beatnik hippie thing from the 60s with a big hat. And, you know, I mean, she was just a completely different person. And I was looking at her going, I don't know if I get this. Well, somebody else probably saw the same thing and fixed it. And now yeah. she's... You know, she's a diva. Oh, I wouldn't call her a diva. Oh, yeah, she's a diva. Oh. Gotta be a diva. I don't know. She couldn't even sing that song without being a diva. Hello from the outside. Uh, other side. Whatever. <laughs> so, we've gotten way off topic, but we did have a good show today on Consumer Confidence. We and, did. And you can um, hopefully follow along. We're going to put links into the show notes for Ichiku Park if we can find it. For the Fry Festival, <laughs> I'll put that article that I found on Fox News. We'll get you the link for that if you want to go back and check that out and see what people are doing. And if you want a real disinfectant that does not harm your tables or corrode. Store.avcare.com. That's right. Click on. Waltz D. Waltz D. That's right. We'll put that link in there too. Yeah. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us on The Clean Life. We'll see you next time. Until then, wash your hands. Have a great week. <laughs>